What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Finance for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wren. Join me as we dig into what it looks like for physicians to begin using their finances as a tool to live better lives. You can learn more about our resources at financeforphysicians.co. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, hello. Hope everyone's doing well today. I was reading an article recently about uh, competency and uh, how to gain it or what the different components of it were. And I thought it was really interesting. Uh, the, the article was not about uh, finances, but I thought it would be great to explore financial competency and you know what that might look like. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today is going through like what does financial competency look like? I think this is really important as far as like foundational, you know, how do you, everybody wants to go that direction. I mean, most people at least like the idea of competency uh, with money. And so exploring this, I think will be helpful at minimum, just kind of a refresh on some of these concepts. So that's what we're going to dig in today and uh, we'll get that going now. Okay. So for starters, competency. So what is competency? Um, So that would be, you know, as you might think, it's like that ability to do something successfully or efficiently. And so this article I was reading was kind of breaking down those components. So the three, there was three main components. So number one was knowledge. So that's, so what is knowledge? Knowledge is like what is known of a particular subject and it's kind of like theoretical. So that's like, you know, the book, the book smarts. And then the second component is skill. So that would be, you know, the ability to do something well. Really, you're like applying that knowledge to a specific situation. And it's developed through experience and practice. And it's very, very much practical. And then the third component of competency is behavior. So that would be like the way in which a person acts in response to a particular situation or stimulus, uh, particularly with respect to others. And so behavior, skill, knowledge, so they're all necessary components to gaining competency in any given subject. And if you think about people that are like highly competent in something, you're going to notice, you know, they should be solid in all three of these areas. I thought that was a good order. So like knowledge first, then skilled in behavior. I think you have to gain that knowledge first or at least some level of it before you start to work on the skill and then you really when you get to the 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 final level is like fine-tuning those behaviors and being aware of those you got to learn the subject you got to do it and then you got to learn those associated behaviors so i think that's a good order to follow for starters now some people have you know gained some knowledge but they're they're definitely not yet competent, you know, say you're a uh, baseball whiz or something like that, but you can't actually play baseball or maybe you're a baseball whiz and you, you can play baseball really well. Like you can hit home runs all day long, but when you actually play in a game, like this mental block causes you to just like, you know, shut down completely. And so the behavioral part, you know, is causing problems. So competency is, is very difficult to achieve, but it's also, it can be very rewarding, you know, especially when we're talking about your finances. A lot of you probably know competency with your profession. I mean, that's, you know, something you work towards as you train. 
so with money, so we're talking about money today. So in order to do this, uh, you got to learn, you know, learn to use money competently. I, you know, that's, that's obviously the goal. So as we start to talk about money, like let's look at some examples of what it might look like to be, you know, competent with, with your finances. So, so knowledge, knowing what a backdoor Roth IRA is, the skill would be like correctly funding a backdoor Roth IRA. And then maybe the behavior is recognizing you're going to forget it and creating some sort of automation or reminder system so that you're continuing to fund it. Another example. So knowledge would be a financial plan. Here's what it looks like and here's why it's important. Skill would be knowing how to create a financial plan for my situation. Uh, the behavior would be like, I have an updated financial plan that I follow to the T, even when life is crazy. Another example, knowledge would be like, this is what a will is or an estate plan. The skill would be like, these are the steps to create one for my family. Um, and the behavior would be, I've created a will and it's signed. And even though it was incredibly uncomfortable to do. So there's a million examples like this. Like you can come up with uh, around money. And it's not, uh, it's not, when you look at all three components, it becomes very difficult. So, you know, classic examples of like the struggle, uh, maybe you know you need to save money, but you're just, you're not saving. Uh, maybe you know you need a will, you're not getting one. Maybe you know you need a financial plan, but, but you don't have one. Sometimes you're not even aware of it at all. So, Knowing that you have an issue is is actually better than having an issue and not even knowing about it at all. That's probably the most dangerous situation at all. Also, overconfidence can be an issue too, like in the struggle here. You know, that would be like thinking you got it going on and really not be. Uh, that's a natural tendency for people like to be more confident than they really should be. But is, these are the things to watch out for. Um, also, maybe you're thinking uh, you made the end goal uh, becoming rich without realizing it. So, you know that 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 uh, struggle it can can happen where it's all about you know gaining wealth and and that sort of thing. Another thing too that I've I could it, it, we're always kind of battling with is like you have to have like some space, I guess, like some capacity to think in this, in this view. So when you're like just crushing it at work, you don't really have any capacity outside of that. Like it's go to work. And then like in the few hours you have outside of work, it's like family or whatever, or take a break. So when you don't have any capacity at all, it's difficult to dedicate time to any of this stuff all, that's the thing all these things like gaining competency in anything is going to require a considerable considerable amount of time and attention so you know these are the struggles i mean it's just good to be aware of these things so how do you work on these areas so i'll throw out some ideas you know depending on which of these you want to or need to work on so like knowledge first component obviously like Google and blogs and you're listening to podcasts right now. So that's good. Podcasts on personal finance, reading books or learning like shortcuts from other people. Those can all be good things. I think if you're not sure like where you're at, maybe taking like some sort of a quiz, 
there's a I'll link to a financial literacy quiz. It's it's pretty good. It's like a good like very baseline foundational quiz. Or I'll link to another one like an investor knowledge quiz that kind of give will give you an idea of where you stand there. You know, asking someone else. I guess I'm. I don't know if I've had a few people ask me this question, but ask someone that like knows what it looks like to be competent financially for people like you. Uh, ask them how competent you are if they you know know you or have so like our clients we work with one on one have asked us this question before it's like how am I doing like do I you know am I very financially literate I don't know if they've ever asked it exactly like am I financially competent like people usually don't word it that way but uh, people have definitely asked us like how am I doing uh, do I have how is my financial literacy uh, that sort of thing so asking someone that that uh, knows what it looks like, uh, how you're doing. Um, if they're honest, that they can provide some good feedback on like what you might need to work on and that sort of thing. So skills, uh, skills is a lot about just practicing and um, and you know being aware of where you're falling short, uh, learning from mistakes, and not repeating mistakes. Asking for help is always good. Some when people tell you you made a mistake, like listening and actually, you know, trusting that. But you know, at the end of the day, like skills is sometimes it's uh, people can like get hung up on the knowledge and never uh, get into really the, the skills because you want to kind of like master the knowledge. But I think it's good to have a baseline knowledge, but you're definitely you kind of have to get into the practice of it and work on the skills and that will complement things. And as you experience it, that's where you can really start to get some traction there. Uh, and then the behaviors, um, you know, if you have the knowledge and the skills, yet you're still having problems in terms of feeling good about finances, there's a really good chance it's related to the behaviors or the psychology or whatever you want to call it whether you want to admit it or not. So typically, if you're having, if you're still not feeling good or making good progress and you do know the knowledge and you do know the skills and you've like verified that, it's typically behavioral. So recognizing those like warning signs and learning about your relationship with money, like understanding what that looks like and understanding what behavioral finance really is. Like what are the, behavioral finance is all about like the, bias and the uh, tendencies we all have like naturally as humans that can get in the way of us making good financial progress. So just some quick like takeaways to think about. As I mentioned, I think it would be good to helpful to take a financial literacy test if especially if you're curious about where you stand or ask other people that might know what it looks like, you know, to give you some feedback. If you're in training and early in or, or, or early in practice, some topics to focus on, I would say like in that stage, maybe learning how to make a financial plan or, or what a financial plan actually is and focusing on like student loans and budgeting and insurance and like basics of estate planning. Those are good like knowledge-based topics to focus on early career. Now, let's say you're established further along. Things that I would add on would be like investing, taxes, compensation and contracts. And if you if you're in if you have your own practice, like running a business, that 
there's a lot of stuff that comes with that as well. So I think the big thing though is don't like throw in the towel on this stuff. It's like small steps. It's one of these like lifelong things. And there's no shame in asking for help. Um, like ask us. We're, I mean, part of this podcast, like the intent of this podcast is to be something that helps you gain, you know, additional competency in personal finances. Uh, so if you feel like you want to learn about a particular topic, throw it out there. Like we'll be happy to cover it. Uh, we try to focus on these three areas. I think it's important to focus in on all three areas because you really have to have, you have to be solid in all three. So no shame in asking for help. You know, if, if you're working with us like one-on-one -on -one and you're feeling, you know, concerned about any of these areas, that's, that's uh, feel free to reach out and ask questions about that or, you know, get a little um, feedback. We're happy to provide it. And if you're not working with a planner, you know, we can help like shortcut this. That's so as a planner, I can speak like from firsthand experience. It's it's pretty easy from the third party view uh, to see where people are on these things. Now, most if you're talking about financial planners in general, like a lot of them don't actually like do this kind of stuff. So I won't, that's probably good to point out as well. Keep an eye out for that. Like a lot of financial people are really just kind of like zeroing in on one particular area, like, or, or maybe they're selling financial products or that sort of thing. So you have to make sure you're talking to more of like a holistic planner that's like working in your interest and broadly looking at your overall financial plan and financial well-being. But if you're working with somebody like that, like they're going to, one of one of their main goals is to help you, you know, gain competency. And essentially you're kind of leveraging their competency to help apply it to your situation. So that's, that's kind of a potential add-on. Not everybody like needs help for sure. Like you all have hundred percent capability to do all this stuff on your own. I'm completely, I mean, if you can uh, get through medical school, you can completely learn all this personal finance stuff, but it's okay to wor work and seek seek help. That's, that can be a great thing for some people. Now, even if you are working with someone to help you, you still have to have some level of competence, competency on your own. Otherwise you're not going to even know kind of how to gauge where you're at and working with that person. So, Feel free to reach out with uh, questions if you want us to help in certain topics to help you gain competency, whether it be knowledge, skills, or behaviors. We're happy to get into that. Ultimately, it's a lifelong thing. Like I said, that's part of what makes it so complicated is, um, you know, if we just look at like the knowledge, for example, it's pretty straightforward. It's like, give me the book. I'll read it. I got it. I mean, it's not, it still requires attention and time, but like, you all know how to learn a subject and that's straightforward. But then we add skill and it gets a little more complicated. It's like applying the subject uh, can get dicey, less straightforward. You know, when it doesn't, when things go off the book, like I haven't seen this scenario before, like you, it's easier to get locked up. And then you add like the behaviors on top of it and it becomes, it can easily become like a mess because humans are humans. This is, I think, what makes money so complicated is just mixing all these things in together. And it's a kind of a lifelong thing. 
So don't be too hard on yourselves. It's nobody's doing this perfect, perfectly. It's it's not uh, that's a mirage. Like we're not going for perfection here. Everybody's going to be making mistakes along the way. It's more about like making steady progress on this type of stuff. And um, you know, I think that's that's the goal. So just by like listening to this right now, that shows me you're into making progress. So don't forget to give yourself a pat on the back. Definitely don't be too hard on yourselves either. We'll keep working towards gaining in competency in uh, personal finance. As always, enjoy chatting with you. We will talk to you next time. As always, thank you so much for joining us today. If you found this valuable, please give us a review on iTunes and share with a friend. Also check out our website at financeforphysicians.co for all sorts of additional content. See you next time. Finance for Physicians is not an investment, tax, legal, or financial advisor. All content included in this podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered financial tax or legal advice. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representations are made by Finance for Physicians as to another party's informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. If you don't have an advisor or would like a second opinion, feel free to check out our website for recommended advisors.